What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Tulsa Lately, your favorite locally-based podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and this is the show where I ride around green country with a backpack full of recording equipment and talk to various business owners, community leaders, anyone else that's doing anything interesting and trying to make this little corner of middle America even more wonderful than it already is. For those of you joining me for the first time, I welcome you to go back to older episodes and check those out. There is just too much good stuff. You cannot afford to miss it. You just can't. So before we jump into the interview, I've got a quick announcement. For those of you that are subscribed to me on iTunes or Spotify, I'm sure you've seen that there is a duplicate of the show on there. One of them has a profile picture that has the title of the show in it in white lettering, and the other one is just a blank picture of, you know, the downtown buildings looking up. So make sure you're subscribed to the correct one. I'm going to be deleting the one that is a blank profile picture. I'm going to be keeping the one that has the name of the show in white lettering in the profile picture. So just make sure you're subscribed to the correct one. All right, that's all. Now, I spoke with a guy who actually had a pretty successful white-collar career that he decided to leave behind in exchange for pursuing his dream of creating furniture. It's really cool, and I guarantee that there was no one in his life that was saying, oh, don't quit your day job, because, man, this is this is some gorgeous furniture. This, this guy is just so incredibly talented, and he just knows everything inside and out about working with wood. Really fascinating person to talk to. Great stories, funny guy. Anyway, enough of me. I know you're going to love it, and without further ado, enjoy. Alright, so I am here with the founder and CEO of Moonbell Custom Furnishings. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm Jonathan Bell. And, uh, oh, that's with a bell in the moon. Yeah, ah. so, <clears throat> so Moon is my wife's maiden name. Really? And okay. Bell Moon doesn't really work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so we went with Moonbell. And uh, I originally was Kaonohi woodworks um that was when i started the instagram uh as a side hustle during my normal job i figured you know that's instagram something i can do while i'm sitting at a desk working for other people i can stop take pictures in the afternoon or evening when i'm working on stuff and then post it during the day take five minutes and post it uh the problem is kaonohi is hawaiian for center of attention which is super cool is my late father's middle name who got me into tools in general and, oh. and taught me how to oh. do things and uh when he passed away he he only left five hundred dollars which is five hundred dollars more than i could have gotten um but it bought my first tools and got this going nice. so i wanted to do that but frankly nobody in uh oklahoma can pronounce kaonohi <laughs> so you have to make those decisions when it's like you know what it's super cool i'll just have to have a furniture line a signature line that's like the kaonohi collection or something and then people can stumble all over it then there you go instead the, com- of, the, the the product names can be yeah you know, they can unique. be bizarre and the actually once to, you've yeah. once you've made it then you can be the bizarre name all you want the problem is you have to have something that gets you there <laughs> the whole time and yeah i wanted every chance i could get to to have people actually remember yeah like those bands that have the super weird names you know, oh like yeah how did how did anyone how was anyone interested in you but uh how, how long have you been making furniture because you said your I, dad 
kind of got you into tools. Yeah. So, so where does that um, story arc go? <laughs> uh, so even as a little kid, um, I'm 39 now, about to turn 40. Uh, but even as a little kid, every time my dad did something, um, he would always call me over, show me how to use the tools, and if it was the sort of thing where I could do it, uh, he would put my hands on it and have me do it. And so I knew how to do everything that he knew how to do. And it's a combination of growing up with not enough money to pay someone else to do it. And then a natural aptitude to operate tools. Mm. I just have, it doesn't matter what kind of tool it is. I can figure it out and be very good at it. So, and I love it. That's that, you know, that's the spark for anything is if Mm. you love it, then you drive, you're, you're driven towards it naturally. I, I can totally understand that. There's nothing like just spending a day working with your hands, making something. Yeah. There's nothing with that satisfying feeling of yeah. stepping back and looking at it and being like, After I just did 15 that. years in IT, I, I started to realize that even though I was, I had a degree in computer science, I could program in, you know, five plus languages. Uh, I just, I wasn't making something with my hands and it mattered. And I started mm-hmm. doing it as a hobby and it started becoming more than that. Hmm. So, so you started out in IT is where your professional life started. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, my kids think this is hilarious. I'm always coming up with a new job I had done. Um, <laughs> so right out of high school, if we want to do the, the quick, uh, to quote one of my favorite movies, Three Amigos, the, the 10 peso version, um, <laughs> is right out, right out of high school, I did construction uh, for a summer. And I was like, nope, that is, that it was, and I took a little piece, like an inch and a half of that wire that we were running that summer up in Claremore, actually. Oh, yeah. And I uh, had it on my desk all through college. I was like, I'm not. As a reminder. I'm not of, doing that. I'm not going. I am <laughs> I'm not, not going. I am, I'm going to work. I'm going to get paid. It's a, it's a quote from the film industry. You get paid from the neck down. Like, I'm not getting paid from the neck down again. That's ah. not using your brain. I know. That's funny. Uh, okay, that's and funny. so <laughs> that, I kept that. So. Then in college, um, I kept doing film production um, for a while, and my wife kindly asked me to not do that anymore because you can wrap is supposed to be at 5 p.m. and you'll come home at 5 a.m. instead. Uh, okay. <laughs> and you get a director that doesn't know what they're doing, and production goes a long time, and it's too expensive to set it all up the next day and start over, so you just keep cranking. And uh, then, actually, after college i was so burned out on programming i was doing it about 80 hours a week wow um combined my job combined with programming uh homework combined with the classes um that i was just done and uh i ended up working for the body shop that's right next door to where my shop is now 15 years ago oh wow (laughs) same location same location actually huh. i helped build the shop i'm in right now when i was employed by the guy that owns it <laughs> oh wow <laughs> uh which is a bizarre uh coincidence um and i did that for two and a half years and then my wife and i decided you know what if we don't move out of oklahoma we will never see anything other than oklahoma we'll start having kids and we'll never move Hmm. And so we moved to New Mexico, northern New Mexico, up in the Cuesta, Red River, Angel Fire, Taos area. Just wasn't hot enough for you here? 
Oh, well, you, what you may not realize is that was at, that's a ski area. Oh, right. So okay, northern New Mexico, um, I still have a rental house, which is a whole nother story, up in northern New Mexico where my front porch, you can see Blanca in Colorado, which wow. is 14,000 feet. And so my house sits at about 8,000 feet. That sounds right beautiful. At the, it is absolutely stunningly gorgeous. The problem is when you're up there, you had to have a tendency to have two to three jobs just to make a living. Uh, and okay. it's it's brutal. It's an expensive area. It is a very uh, expensive uh, area okay. to be. So <laughs> A lot uh, of people know it's beautiful and yes, also want to live there. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so we ended up, and I was um, changing the frame on a three-quarter ton diesel and got a call um, for a, a job. And I had gotten the reference from a lady I went to church with. She had told her boss, I think there's a kid that does computers at church. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I'm in my 20s and have a degree. I'm not quite a kid that does computers. (laughs) computers, (laughs) Anyway, so there started an 11-year career um, as director of IT for a scientific software company. Um, And I got to travel the world and meet lots of really, really cool people. And um, that helped fund the side gig and buy tools with my paychecks. <laughs> okay. Uh, and get me to the point where I was comfortable jumping ship when things kind of got a little sticky there and uh, I was interested in leaving. Hmm. So. so you just sort of kind of slowly built up a little thing, a yeah. little net to jump onto I yeah, guess my uh, my skill and my tools and um, at one point we were desperate to get into a house uh, out of a travel trailer with three kids it was Ooh. brutal our travel house trailer with two people our house crammed. in New Mexico wasn't selling okay and so we were stuck and I bought a $20,000 HUD auction house that was, I tell people, a meth lab, just minus the meth. And it was <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, so I spent a year rebuilding that and just collecting tools. Every time I was like, well, I could pay a, a guy to do that or I could buy the tool and, you know, spend a quarter and know how to do it when I'm done. That's, that's along with knowing how to use tools and just having a knack for that, uh, teaching myself and learning things and doing it till it's done right instead of winging it is kind of my thing. So hmm. I totally understand that. I, I, I tell people I like to call myself a YouTube mechanic. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, I can't afford to take my vehicles and bike into the shop. Oh, so I yeah. just go Absolutely. on your okay, How do I do this? Yep. How do I- <laughs> and as long as you're willing to do it, this, this is what I tell people with woodworking because lots of people are like, well, how do you learn? How do you get where you are? How do I get better? I say, as long as you understand what done is and are willing to put in the time to learn and to make mistakes until it is there, that's all it really takes Hmm. is an understanding, uh, well, patience to get there and an understanding of what done looks like. Because if you just keep working on something until it's done, it may take you ridiculous amounts of time. But as long as you know what done is and don't quit early, like if you're, I don't know, doing something, I, I put my clutch in the, in my truck in a big diesel right over there like 10 yeah. years ago. <laughs> and uh, I had never done it before. It was a one-ton diesel. It was brutal. It was terrible. It was the dirtiest I've ever been in my entire life. But I knew as long as bolts that came out went back in and done was it operating perfectly. It's the same thing with woodworking. As long as you understand that no scratches left is done, then it's time for finish. Hmm. I like that. That's a great philosophy to live by. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. 
what what would what was your let's talk about let's say your first piece of furniture that you sold under the Moonbell name. What was that? <laughs> well, I haven't been Moonbell very long. Okay. Um, um, so under the Kotonohi Woodworks name. Okay. Um, that would that actually goes into why I'm on Instagram. Um, so uh, uh, I had a live edge table that I had built an entry table with some uh, pretty poorly done butterfly uh, inlays on the side. They're called bow ties or butterflies or Dutchman or whatever. They basically keep cracks from continuing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had made those on this, put them in it, put some hairpin legs that I had found on Facebook, I think. Just some random person was selling them. Bolted them on, listed it on Facebook, and this lady... Uh, messages me after like a week i'm like why is it taking a week this thing's gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is people on facebook marketplace are funny it's not a good place to sell big things um you get like an offer for like 25 yeah exactly oh people are like hey you you take 45 dollars for it like no this is not from walmart this uh, is i made this and uh she posts it buys it and posts it on instagram and i'm like instagram like I guess I have an Instagram. I didn't even know I had one. I guess I, when I had chosen the name, I went through all of the, you know, I have a, I'm pretty sure, I know I have a Twitter. I don't use it. On, under Kyle Nohe. Anyway, it pops up because it's linked to your Facebook. And I'm like, oh, oh Instagram. Like, she tagged me in a story. I don't know what a story is. This is before Facebook had them. And uh, so I look and it was like, hashtag obsessed. Hashtag made in the 918. And I'm like, Oh heck yeah! I like this. <laughs> like this feels pretty awesome. And she was uh, she had a, uh, a small following. She's um uh, she specializes in recovering moms. She's a fitness um, I can't think of the trainer, personal trainer. Oh, okay. And so she was posting, and some other people were liking. It. I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. So I think I'll make an Instagram. And uh, actually, it grew pretty fast. Um, because I don't know why. Because uh, you I make cool stuff. Because I don't suck at taking pictures either. <laughs> and <laughs> and there's this new wave of of woodworkers. Uh, I think it's a new wave. Um, kind I have handcraft movement in general. Yeah. Almost. And I have. If you want to go there, I have some interesting thoughts, in my opinion, on on why that's happening. I'd love to. Uh, yeah. yeah. We. Maybe. So I think I. Uh, I believe you're younger than I am. It doesn't matter. I, I'm approaching 40, like I said. And um, I, my generation is one of the first to come up, grow up with Walmart being the standard mm-hmm. and it being garbage. Not to knock a huge corporation. I'm never going to compete with them, so who cares? But I'm um, sure they're really hurt. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to know. <laughs> um, Walton Lawyers contacting me now. Yeah. defamation <laughs> um cease and desist but i think we are to the point it's like we swung back around and we've noticed that demanding prices be lower all the time is necessitating that companies lower the quality period mm. and we're doing it we're demanding we always we shop around i do it to an extent i've changed how i shop because i've noticed um, and I don't always go for the cheapest, but look at Amazon. You can't compete on Amazon unless you're near the lowest right. price for whatever it is you're selling. Yeah. And we're causing this as consumers. And I think that driving down quality 
is you'll notice this movement is people that are right. I would say it's probably 30 to 45, 30 to 50 maybe. Yeah. Maybe 25 to 45 is probably more accurate. I think it's it's this group of people saying, wait a minute, we've some of us have got some careers. We've got some disposable money. Like what if, A, what if disposable everything isn't the way to go? And that ties in with the people noticing that the earth is not going to be here forever if we continue the way we're going. Right. 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 Um, and so it's it's kind of feeding each other, I think, in a good way. Um, but also it's what if it, it ties into the what if a nine to five doing something I don't love isn't everything there is for me in this life. And you can't afford to get too caught up into the beauty of that. And not have food on your table. I mean, right? <laughs> you have to make money somewhere. Uh, so, um, but anyway, that I, I think it's the maker movement. The everything's bespoke. Everything's artisan. Uh, there's some people that made some artisan. Um, what was it? There was a a video they did of artisan firewood. <laughs> yes, I've seen that. I love that, was that video. <laughs> but at the same time, it's making fun of me. I think it's flipping hilarious i mean it really is everybody my age wants everything to be artisan if you watch it's going you can you can probably buy artisan yogurt yeah you know what i mean <laughs> maybe yeah making fun of you maybe to an extent but i you, did you see that video the that was real not a parody of the guy that sharpens pencils <laughs> like that's no. what he does he has these really nice no. pencils and you does send he them to make him. them no, he no, doesn't make them. No. You just send he, them to him. He sharpens them in a certain way. You know, I really hope it wasn't a parody and I'm just <laughs> and I just fell for it. But <laughs> I'm like ninety percent sure it was not. And uh yeah, no, <laughs> because the the artisan movement, you know, it maybe maybe gets a little out there sometimes. What you're doing is awesome though. Do you know what that know. makes me think though? <laughs> that makes me think because um I try and the makers movement on Instagram, uh the hashtag makers gonna make catches a lot of people. In makers that gonna make. okay. makers gonna make G O N N A even right and um, so there's there's a guy um, D F M Toolworks and I just love that he's going out and he's making tools that we use and hmm. we go out and I try and support him you know I'm struggling to to get off the ground with everything I need and doing everything I need and uh, figuring everything out I also want to help support other people uh, starting their own businesses right sure. And uh, he, I, I love that he's making tools that are better than the tools that are out there. And to me, there's what this. What tools? Are, like power tools? Uh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So hand tools. So he does um, what are called card scrapers. Okay. Which are uh, basically a flat piece of metal that looks unassuming that I have bought before I knew about him on Instagram uh, or on uh, Amazon for, I don't know, $11 or whatever for a set. Right, he sells better ones, and so okay. th- this pencil guy—that's a perfect example, actually. The card scrapers. So these card scrapers, I have to resharpen the cheap ones constantly. Like I get a couple of minutes worth, and I have to stop and resharpen them. Yeah, they're cheap. They're the quote standard, um, but his was fifteen for a pair versus I think it was sixteen, maybe fifteen ninety nine. Anyway, versus the cheap ones that are like 11 for a set of four or five. Okay. Anyway, so percentage-wise, way more expensive. But his are hardened and surface ground. His last for flipping ever. I can, I, it is better. So when I hear this bespoke 
artisan sharpening pencils, my first thought is, huh, I wonder if it is better. There's probably like, (laughs) there's probably a point geometry that he's figured out. Like that he has figured out how to make just the right angle because sharpening things in my world is everything. Mm. If you can't, so I have hand planes. A lot of woodworkers start out with a hand plane because you can pick them up at a garage sale for $30. They're rusty and a guy like me can take it, put some vinegar on it, get the rust off. And then you're like, yes, now I will flatten all the things. And you don't realize, (laughs) oh my Lord, you literally have to shave the hair off with your arm with one of those before it will be sharp enough to cut wood well enough for you to be happy. Hmm. Sharpening is everything. So now I'm like, maybe this guy with the pencils. (laughs) He's onto something. Maybe I judge too quickly. Yeah, maybe maybe (laughs) he's onto something. Maybe if I'm a drafter. And, or uh, surely they use mechanical pencils. I don't know. But anyway, uh, artist. Maybe not, maybe not the artisan drafters. <laughs> I, artisan. I I want a whole line of parody T-shirts now of artisan. <laughs> I'm in a fake companies. That's going to be my thing. I'm not going to wear my own T-shirts. I'm going to wear fake company artisan T-shirts. <laughs> going to have to tie them all together so it's still advertising for me though. <laughs> So, um, whenever I walked up here, uh, you were selling a guy a plank of wood. Yeah. So you yeah. also you're a wood dealer as I well. I am a wood as dealer. Someone. So how how do you get? Because this I'm in this giant I'm in this big uh, shop garage thing that has you know planks of wood all over the place. Where do you get all this? Um, like well, log cuts, not like Lowe's cuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is these are called live edge slabs. Um, the live edge meaning the end is. With or without bark, it's still live edge. Um, okay. But with with or without bark, it is the outside of the tree. Um, so you can see most of it's live edge. Not all of it is. But, uh, for instance, that one right there, there's there's two there. There's one in front that is spalted, and it has both edges trimmed for the most part. But the one behind it, it looks like a tree on the outside. Um, I don't tend to build with the bark because it's relatively difficult to get it to stay on long term Mm. chances are pretty good i'm going to build with it it's going to look awesome and then like you're going to hit it with your elbow and the bark's going to fall off and Ah. not only is that terrible craftsmanship but it's you know bad marketing and or bad advertising yeah (laughs) people are going to see the bark as like it should stay you you typically want your furniture to stay in the same general shape uh, as when you purchase it um so to answer your question most of this was milled with a chainsaw mill so you may or may not have seen on your way in, I have a steel, which is, yes, that's how it's pronounced. S-T-I-H-L is pronounced steel, not still. Oh, okay. uh, I tend to pronounce it still because in Oklahoma that's how it's pronounced, but that's not how, that's not how <laughs> Just to uh, make it clear. They, they pronounce it, the, the company that makes it. Um, and basically you have an aluminum, it's called an Alaskan chainsaw mill. You have an aluminum frame that goes around, uh, I have my, a 36-inch bar on mine, which makes it look ridiculously huge if you've ever... If you're not around that a lot, <laughs> it's fun. It's very machismo. Um, but uh, I'm not going to lie. There's a moment where you're, you know, cutting and sawdust is hitting you in the face, and it's it's very cool. Um, but, uh, and you basically run that saw horizontally with that aluminum sort of framing around it along the log and uh, slab it out. Um, I also partner with... Um, Justin Pruitt at Knock on Wood in Claremore, 
and that I do for the bandsaw mill, um, and he also has a little bit higher tech chainsaw type mill called Lucas Mill, um, and that's higher end, more expensive, and produces a better cut and wastes less wood. We also do kiln drying from his website. We sell kiln dried wood, which means we drive all of the wood wet down to um, a place down in southern Oklahoma, and they literally suck all of the moisture out of it down till it's um, dry as can be. Now, all I have here is a different thing. This is air dried. Now, this is, I don't sell wood without you knowing how wet it is and what that means to you. Um, there are differences of opinion about whether I should do it at all. Some people are kind of funny about it, but I figure if you're willing to take it and let it dry and I'm telling you it's wet, don't build with it for a year or six months or whatever. I don't, you know, if that's the way you want to buy it, that's uh, fine. That's your thing. Right? So all so of that, this, so that, all that, of that's this kind is of an interesting thing about that real quick <laughs> it where, is. where you have to, okay. So you have to like kind of how, Wood takes a long time to dry before it's able to use. It does. So all of this has had to sit. Uh, most of this wood in this room is probably over. It's been milled over a year would be my guess. Probably some of it close to two. Interesting. I never knew that. Um, so there's a rule of thumb that is not necessarily all that accurate. That is a year drying per inch of thickness. Okay. Um, which is a little silly because really in Oklahoma it gets so bloody hot. I mean, it's going to dry a lot faster than that. But does it being humid um, here affect that? It, it absolutely does. Okay. It absolutely okay. does. And in fact, I, my moisture meter right now won't do anything accurately without cutting the wood to get inside because it's actually absorbing more moisture into the outsides <laughs> because it's so friggin' humid out here lately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other day, wood, rain. wood that I know, I know is dry enough to work with was work it was measuring like twice the moisture content you should be working with. oh wow <laughs> just because the out i mean it was like 98 humidity percent humidity or whatever stupid and uh i'm really close to the river here i don't know if you knew that or not we're uphill from it but from the front yard there you could actually see the couple of miles away you could see the river huh. when it was so swollen um but getting back to that yeah, yeah you sorry. have to dry wood to use it otherwise and not to be too harsh on anybody starting to to woodwork and i by the way i would be happy to give advice or help people um i love helping people learn this not only do i enjoy that personally but i also am creating wood addicts right okay <laughs> it's good for me too <laughs> but i do i i really love talking to people about it but if you go and buy wood from lowe's or home depot or the big box stores, if I'm not allowed to say those names. Oh, that's fine. It is 2x6s, 2x12s, 10s, whatever. Those are only dried to construction quality. That means okay. about 20% moisture content. And you really need to be somewhere between, uh, I will say, below 11 is. There's some debate. Um, about exactly where um, but you need to be below 11 kiln dried stuff comes out at 6 there mm. is no 0 um, you can't get all of it out it's still a living you have sawdust yeah well even saw <laughs> sawdust may I'm even actually have some in it but anyway <laughs> uh, so if, if you do if you buy this um, wood and you throw it together right that day 
it will shrink. A 2 by 12 will shrink probably total width a quarter of an inch. Hmm. So if you've butted those thing, those boards together in your farmhouse table, it will produce gaps. And uh. on top of that, the wood as it dries will be stressed differently because moisture is leaving, and it will curl, and it will split, and it will do all sorts of nastiness. Hmm. And Facebook is riddled with people trying to make a buck selling a table for three, four hundred dollars out of that wood. And then what happens is it splits and they don't know why. They don't know what happened. And <clears throat> they're not a real company. So poof, they disappear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I can't tell you how many times I've come across people like railing on other people because mm. they did this. They sold me this table. And um, when you go with a company, sure, if you got a buddy that you trust or want to help him get off the ground or whatever, go for it. I'm not saying don't do that. Just beware of people that don't own a company or have proof that they've made a lot of tables that haven't split apart. Mm. <laughs> so moisture mm. content is a is a big, big deal for woodworkers. It is not okay. If you build with a slab, actually I knew a guy that built with a green slab, milled it, threw it under threw a sink on it, and put it on his bathroom vanity. It was not dry. And it curled enough, it broke his sink in the middle of the night. Whoa. (laughs) And he got up and uh, was looking for an intruder, obviously, because it was loud. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) just have a giant ceramic sink. Yeah. Bang! In the middle of the night, uh, break. So there is no, and you can't put enough screws in it to hold it steady. Hmm. It will break anything if it's not dry. It's Hmm. amazing. So we go, so when you go to buy something from someone like me, that makes furniture that's what you're getting is the knowledge of how not to build you a table that will be a banana tomorrow Mm. and a (laughs) a, a literal brick and mortar well not literal brick and mortar but you know a literal store brick and mortar quote brick and mortar literal (laughs) store uh it's a pet peeve of mine Literally, meaning literally. figuratively literally it's Uh, corrugated i literally died today (laughs) um to to come back and talk to me and say, hey, this didn't work out like I did. And I, I, I actually just talked to a guy yesterday. I had never thought about it. But he warns all of his customers, little hairline cracks will appear. Hmm. There is no making wood was a living thing. We can do our best. But if you're going to deal with a slab, it's different if it's dimensional. If you've sawed it down, there's a stack of dimensional walnut behind you that's very expensive. <laughs> that's not going to split. That's a different deal. But... Anyway, I digress. I could I could go on a rail about wet wood and and uh, fly by night people <laughs> for, for quite a while. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll we'll give them a break for a right little, now. little bit. <laughs> just just find. It doesn't have to even be me. Just find somebody to buy some real wood from. Or or if you're wanting to do a farmhouse table, buy that wood, stick it in your garage for a few months. Um. I actually, the first piece of, like, real before I built that live edge table I sold, the first piece of furniture that was real furniture, you know, not a lamp, not a, a little thing, was a big um, three-cubby uh, with a top-shelf hall tree. So my kids can come in from school, put their bags down, throw their shoes in the bottom, and okay. not, because kids, like, are... They take stuff off a piece at a time as they go through the house. (laughs) And if you don't have a place to stop, like, hold it, 
put it right all right there, and yeah, still have to remind him. But I'm anyway, still working on yeah, not right? doing that myself. Yeah, you well look around my <laughs> shop. Um, so, uh, but what happened was I I did that in a a single car garage, and I had at the time stuff in it, and so I was literally working in probably 25 square feet. <laughs> building this thing I was like I could turn around and like I had to take it out and I could see my breath because it was in the winter and there's no heat and uh, I had I couldn't glue things up because it was too cold I had to make it and then wait till it was warmer the next day and like nope can't can't glue it up today either <laughs> and uh, so it took me long enough that all the wood I had bought from Home Depot before I knew or Lowe's it was those anyway. Before I knew it had to be dried, it dried. Oh, because okay. <laughs> it took me so long to make this thing. You accidentally did I it right. Accidentally did it perfectly. <laughs> and uh, man, that thing's been rock solid, except for my kids. They broke one of the hooks on it. I'm like, I think I could hang on that. And I think it would not break. <laughs> Nothing is kid proof. No, it isn't. It There's is, no such thing. It is amazing. I I have toyed around with the idea of handing them some boards that I need to be patinaed. And like just letting them play with them for a while, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that would add 80 years of of use and patina to a board to just hand it to my boys for a week. <laughs> then then it could be an Instagram family photo op. There you business. go. There you go. I'm, yeah, that'll be my new thing. I was like kid abused wood. <laughs> it's a whole new. You got your reclaimed. You got your patinaed, and then you got your moon bell kid abused wood. Kid abused wood. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, there are some jokes, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll refrain from any <laughs> jokes that can come from there. But, um, but <laughs> what rate, what is this rated? <laughs> uh, you know, I honestly, they vary. Yeah. All right, Sometimes I, I, I never really warn people before. <laughs> and then we've had a couple, I've had a couple episodes where, you know, the guy just starts dropping f bombs, so the guys are starting. I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is one of the. That's that's ones. what we're doing today. <laughs> I'll just put a disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> now, mine, uh, mine can be pretty clean. I'm, I, uh, I, I, I notice that uh, certain people in Oklahoma are very offended by that. That's okay. I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I'm also now. What's funny is people think I'm offended by language because I don't use it. I couldn't care any less, man. I played football. <laughs> uh, you, you can swear like a sailor. It doesn't matter to me, and I've known some sailors. They do swear a lot. I've worked too many blue-collar jobs. Yeah, right? To, yeah. yeah like it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to me at all. No, yeah. People are just funny. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, what? Just because I don't swear doesn't mean I'm offended by it. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a snowflake here. I mean, come on. Not in the little, uh, we don't need to go into the political meaning of snowflake. <laughs> I'm not being derogatory, I promise. Uh, you know, I actually wanted to, there's this big giant box mm-hmm. that's on the table that you kind of scooted out of the way, and you were saying it's a laser. <laughs> it is. And I was seeing a couple pieces around here that looked like they have. Yeah. So explain what you do with that and how that factors into your company so i've been told i'm a, a good storyteller um i don't claim to be but so far you but have stop me if i still tell too many stories okay so the reason that particular box is that exact shape and that ugly is because i a, a drawer in my kitchen fell apart it was full of cast iron and i made a new one and like a week later the oven died 
and I had to cut out a hole for a new oven. I'm like, I'm not buying a $1,000 new weird tiny oven that goes in that hole. I'm just going to buy one like everybody else has, <laughs> and I'm just going to cut my cabinets and my countertop to make it fit. <laughs> And uh, so we don't like the countertops anyway. So I bought, and, and well, what I was telling you before, I bought $20 worth of uh, ceramic tile cutting th- uh, wheels for my uh, grinder and put a vacuum on it and ground it out and made a hole. And then I was like, wait a minute. I just flipping made that drawer. I'm like, dang it. And I look over and I'm like, wait a minute. My laser fits in that drawer. <laughs> <laughs> so... I have, um, my nephew will be uh, frustrated that I don't have a shark emblem on the table, because if anybody that's an Austin Powers fan, you want frickin' laser beams on your sharks. Sharks with frickin' laser beams. (laughs) So he was like, you gotta make a shark for your table so that your shark can have a frickin' laser beam on its head. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's a laser engraver. Um, Technically a CNC, um, but it's not the the third axis with... uh, that 3D printers and traditional wood carving CNCs have, but it is a computer controlled laser um, that I do personalized um, cutting boards and signs. Uh, my my personal favorite that's a divisive one right now that I get all sorts of weird looks and also laughs is the one that says "Have a night, have a great poop." That's <laughs> over there. Um, that people are just funny. Like some people just kind of scowl and shake their head and move on. I'm like really. You're you're just gonna like get out How of been out of shape without that. <laughs> like you know what? Hey, it is what it is, man. If you had any idea with five kids how much of that I've cleaned up. Uh, <laughs> so what what I ended up doing was making a top for it and using the handle from part of the cabinet I took out. <laughs> Talking about reclaimed. Um, and then that that plexiglass that's on the top is uh, it blocks the the wavelength that hurts your eyes oh. so that you can actually look at the I you don't stare at it right but you can look at the laser and have it not hurt it hurt your eyes and I don't have to worry about people coming in because they the kit comes with glasses but I was thinking to myself you know how in the world am I going to have people coming in and the laser's going and um, they're going to get their eyes hurt because it's like welding you have to stare at it so you've got this uh, let's let's just use an example you've got this heart with kind of like a cross behind it's it a over Zia. here it's a new mexico it's the oh. sign of new mexico it's oh. a Zia. okay I'm well sure. it's it's about you know maybe six inches by four inches or yeah. something like that so how and it's fairly simple how long does that take in the laser machine? that one didn't take very long and i have to admit uh, i'm still figuring out different that one's on cedar so i can burn pretty fast on cedar because it's oh a the soft type wood. of wood the type of wood matters okay, and cool. the the finish matters about with the accuracy so i've been playing with some rougher cut stuff and it's on oak it's not looking right so what i like to do is roll in first thing in the morning drop something in it get the laser going and then it's doing its thing um but that one dialed in this is kind of a slow laser um that would probably take like a 45 minutes or so okay um the uh i don't know if you can it's kind of hard to see them from here but those are coasters with the map of the Tulsa. I was uh, wondering if that's what that was. On them. That's and, so cool. Uh, those, so cool those are commissioned by um, a friend who has a brother that with a bunch of rent houses in town who I guess is big on the Tulsa maps stuff in his houses. So that's a set of eight coasters with that. Those take a while because they're really detailed. and Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I've been been thinking about doing like the uh, Stillwater 
go pokes i graduated in 04 okay cool and i my brother's just about to graduate from there nice i guess i could do norman too you know stomach it i actually i have so many friends um that are that went to ou i can't even be mad (laughs) (laughs) yeah everyone knows a few of both yeah but uh well so i do cutting boards as well oh okay personalized cutting boards so uh uh, real estate agents like to do that, you know, like the bells or whatever, you know, a cutting board as a gift. So cool. Yeah. What is, uh, if you had to pick, I mean, do you have like a favorite mm-hmm. kind of thing that you like to make? Is there a favorite I, category of something? I do. And it is actually funny that almost everyone agrees with me. Um, but it doesn't make any money. <laughs> it's really, it's really tough to make money wood turning. Um, on a lathe, but almost everybody I know, like it is, it's cathartic. You put, you, you just, you put the chisel up to it and the stuff just magically falls off. And I don't know why it's so much fun, but it is. And, uh, I mean, I get mesmerized watching the YouTube videos, right? So I can imagine doing it. You get guys like, um, it was, uh, Steve, the woodturner on Instagram. That guy is a legend. He just did, and it was dry. It uh, dry wood is harder to turn. Oh, okay. Uh, wood turners to touch just a little bit. Wood turners will turn green wood. Okay. Um, and then they will dry it because it dries faster once material has been removed. Okay. And then they'll dry it, and then they'll finish turning it. Ah. So you do turn green wood. It's the o- about the only thing I know of that you make green okay. or out of green. Okay. But anyway, he did like it was like a fifty, so a fifty foot curl it was one section just just one movement back and forth and it was 50 something feet long he measured it he, like he this. just sort of walked up and yeah well no he he was Wait, it, it came off of his lathe so he was oh, working oh i see what you're saying the curl okay he was working and this piece came off from his wow. tool removing from the wood and it was 50 something feet long <laughs> like, i don't even like that's skill that i don't even understand but anyway that Sweet. aside from that really um, I enjoy designing stuff. I enjoy it because I I'm not that great an artist. I'm not one of these people that doesn't that thinks I could never be because I think everybody could be taught. Um, but I enjoy drawing stuff out. I enjoy especially I've got a mid-century modern uh, media record player console. Oh. Um, going to Chicago. Uh, that's actually what that walnut over there is for. Okay. Um, and that was just that customer designed it how I would design it. <laughs> that's like. That's the mecca, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> you come to me and you want me to pay you want to pay me to make something that is exactly how I would make it. Like that's that's amazing. That's super cool. And then one other thing that I really really enjoy is putting on a finish onto something that is just stunning. Like I just I just finished that uh, little table over there. Oh yeah, and uh, little short coffee table. Golly, that that's has what's called spalting in it, which when wood sits on the ground before it rots, bacteria gets into it and changes it all sorts of wacky colors. Oh, and okay. it just gives it lots more. So that's what that piece is. You see the blacks and the reds and the oh, craziness yeah. going through that. That's called spalting. Okay, and it's difficult to get some species uh, like sycamore spalts very shortly before it rots. And so you can't, it's, it's faulted sycamore is kind of rare because you always find it rotten. Anyway, that, that piece over there is like, 
Uh, I just posted it today, and it's just stunning. Just stunning, if I may say. And I may say, because it's pretty much just the finish and the wood. (laughs) I can't, you know, I can take a little bit of credit for knowing what to do with those two things. But that's like, that's nature. That's a beautiful piece of wood. Yeah, thank you. That's nature plus Rubio Monocote (laughs) making it just stunning. So. Oh, man. Well, I mean, uh, where can people find you? Uh, well, uh, the shop is down in Coweta on uh, what's called Indian Road, 161st Street and about 270th East. Um, it's Strangely enough, it's actually really easy and quick to get here if you come down 193rd. It's like a little mini highway. Yeah, um, no, it was. Yeah. 193rd comes line. down and there's very few stop signs. And then once you curve, it curves because of the river, it curves into 161st Street South, and there are no stop signs between 141st and my shop. Um, The biggest, I I share property, I'm in a shop next to a collision shop uh, called Southwest Restoration, and they have a big 15-foot, 20-foot? I don't know, it's a big old cactus out there (laughs) that uh, coincidentally my brother-in-law put up like 15, 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, and uh, I'm also on Instagram, of course, my preferred social media at Moonbell Custom Furnishings, and uh, I always love when uh, people buy wood from me to tag me because I love seeing what people do with this stuff. There's just such a camaraderie. It, it's funny that there's uh, the woodworkers in the area that I know. We all get along. It's mm. not competition. We all, the, really, if you're good enough, there are enough, cu- enough customers to go around. Sure. Right? If you're not a jerk and you're good at what you do, there are enough customers. And so okay. we all, for the most part, will like call each other for wood orders. Hey, do you have a slab like this or whatever? And uh, it's all very friendly, very friendly work. So, um, and then... And we all tag each other and like each other's stuff. And it's it's just a great, great place to be. So, uh, And I am on Facebook, but to be perfectly honest, Facebook is not the greatest place for, for woodworkers to sell things. <laughs> so I haven't currently fixed my Instagram post to Kato Nohi Woodwork still. Eh. So, I've, you know, I've only got like 100 likes there. So <laughs> I'm not too, not too stressed about sorting that out and like, making yeah, it post it. Yeah, post it. That's so far as, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I do have a Moonbell uh, custom furnishings. Um, did I say creations earlier? I don't know. I might have. So my wife does jewelry under Moonbell Creations. Oh, cool. And she is exceptionally talented. Um, she does beading. And crochet, crochet is one of those things like um, like wood turning, where it's like what every person likes, but it's tough to make money at. Okay. Um, but she is fantastic at that, and she also does silversmithing as well. Ooh, cool. Um, so <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, at the same time not, that I mix up our company names occasionally. Because <laughs> she is Moonbell Creations, and I'm Moonbell Custom Furnishings. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, I do have the Instagram, Facebook, it's and like husband wife uh, company. I love that. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, that's that's, that's great. And that's great. how long ago was that? Probably twelve years ago. Before I did any woodworking at all in New Mexico, I made her some jewelry stands for trade shows. She was killing it in New Mexico for trade shows, uh, selling jewelry and purses and anything people would buy anything she made basically. 
and uh, she needed some jewelry stands, and I whipped one out, a few out, in the middle of the night. I was running a chainsaw at like 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, we were on two acres in the Sanger de Cristo uh, Rockies down there, and nobody was too mad. <laughs> I was just about to ask about neighbors, but <laughs> <obviously>, yeah. <laughs> we are in the middle of nowhere. Up in ski towns. Good times. Well, you've got an awesome shop here. You're clearly Thanks. a very talented guy with what well, you do. You just one look at your Instagram I'm, page or your shop I'm or both. Blushing. <laughs> well, it has been a pleasure talking to you and learning about this craft. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me up here. Oh, thanks for coming. It's it's been a blast. I I often talk more than I need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what podcasts are for. That's why we're not a five minute you know news interview, right? You know, that's what that's the podcast. We're not for. hitting a five, 59 minute fifty eight second window, huh? Yeah. No. No. Not quite. I can though. and that does it for today's episode once again you can find him at moonbell custom furnishings on instagram and as always find me on itunes spotify stitcher soundcloud all the important ones as well as my instagram website tulsalately.com and of course on facebook so the next episode i'm going to be releasing another one pretty soon because i'm doing these more often now Picking up the pace a little bit. This next guy, he is a blacksmith, and uh, he specializes, he, he makes a lot of knives, Helton knives, and he was actually on, if anyone watches that History Channel show, Forged in Fire, he was actually on the first ever episode that was aired of that show, so pretty, pretty cool. So definitely look forward to that. And of course, as always, if you or anyone you know would like to be on the Tulsa Lily podcast, Feel free to email me, message me on any of my social media platforms. I'm pretty good about getting back to people. Not perfect, but pretty good. And I will definitely put you down on the list of considerations. And also, if you'd like to advertise with your local business that'd like to get a quick little ad spot, I'm open to that. Hit me up. You know where to find me. But yeah, so with all that being said, Tulsa and surrounding areas, I'll see y'all around.